This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I'm just smiling at you, seeing how many of you smile back. Good morning. morning. It's good to see you in God's house today. We have had a great day so far. I'll, I'll tell you that I have not managed to behave in the first two services. And I uh, have, have, I'm feeling a little just poured out, uh, from that. But if you got a good amen, amen. I think we can get another service out of this. All right. And uh, God's up to some awesome things. So thankful for what he has done. He's going to do. Uh, just delighted that you're a part of what God's doing here. The Welcome to our central campus, one of six campuses that uh, comprise the church at War Hill. We're delighted that many of the others are joining with us. And let's let all of them know how thankful we are they're watching all over the world. Thank you. I mean, God's up to some amazing things. Well... I want to go in a few minutes to the book of John, and then I'm going to be uh, in Isaiah for just uh, a while today. But uh, all right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. I'm just going to lift my hands and I ask all that are that are, we're willing to lift their hands with me. Pour in your power. Pour out your spirit. Lord, there is no room for darkness in us. There is no room for darkness to invade our lives when the light shines. So today I ask you, let us have a revelation of the light. Come on, pray with me. Lord, we agree. Let us have a revelation of the light in the mighty name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Today reading to you from John chapter 1 from the Plowman translation of the scripture says this. Before time began, the word... The what? The word already existed, okay? This is important to note, that when there was nothing and there was a void and there was darkness upon the face of the deep, that the word already existed. The word was already there. And the word lived face to face with God and the word was God. Since the beginning, the Word has stood united with God. He is the creator of all things. All things exist at His command and by His hand. Not one thing was made without some reflection of Himself in His design. Notice this. His reflection was a source of light. A source of what? That's the series we're in. A source of light that all men may live by. The Word was a source of light. Now watch this. When the earth was without form, and the earth was, there was darkness upon the face of the waters. When there was with all this darkness and things that were there, the Word that already was came into, watch this, came into the darkness and brought light. Do not be mistaken. The first light that was shown was not the sun. The light that shone was the sun. Are you with me? And watch, here we go. His light still shines in the darkness 
and the darkness, help me here, has never. Oh. See, I'm three services in, and my motor's already running today. Let me say it again. The darkness has never. never. Help me one more time. The darkness has never overpowered it. That the light of Jesus Christ cannot be extinguished by the darkness that this world thinks is going to come steamrolling across the environment. There was once a time when the dark, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit already today. There was once a time when the darkness thought that it had won. It thought that it had overcome. And for just a brief moment, when he lifted his head on a cross and cried out, it is finished, and the world went dark, the darkness rejoiced and said, look what we've done. But thanks be to God. He that died on that cross broke hell's gates wide open in that moment. And he said, the light has penetrated now, even the darkness of hell. Amen. I'm trying to behave. But I think I've already failed. I feel it burning in my heart. I feel it burning in my soul that I have not come to preach to you some little dim little light that will barely shake your life. But I have come to declare to you tonight that I don't care what darkness of depression. I don't care today. I don't care what darkness of bondage. I don't care what darkness of sin has grabbed a hold of your life. There is a light that darkness has never, I said never overpowered, and it can bring your victory in Jesus' name. Pastor, why are you so fired up? I'm talking about Jesus. If you can't get fired up talking about Jesus, a lot of you get fired up talking about football and talking about, you know, go dogs or whatever it is. Come on now. A lot of you get fired up with that kind of stuff, talking about your Fords or your Chevys or whatever they are. I'm talking about the risen son of the most high God who is seated in heavenly places, who deserves all the glory, all the praise, all the majesty. He's the king of, I'm, I'm going to keep going for just a moment. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the bright and morning star, the fairest of 10,000. Come on now. Who can give him a praise like he deserves? I'm talking about the soon coming Messiah. Amen. Isaiah wrote of him this way. He said, the people who walk in darkness will see what future tense will see a great light. For those who live in a land of Dark shadows, deep darkness, living in the land of shadows. A light, help me, will shine. Can I tell you, there's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that if darkness is plaguing you, that the light will shine upon you. See, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And the light that he created was so expansive and so complex that we barely have scratched the surface of experiencing it. Yet, as he said, let there be light, no sun popped into the sky, no moon popped into the night, because before the sun and moon, the light, as I've told you, of Jesus Christ pierced the darkness. So when Jesus heard these words, he stepped out of his... See, some of you don't understand. He was slain from the foundations of the world. Being slain from the foundations of the world means before there was a light, he already was already preparing to penetrate the darkness. 
Am I making sense at all? Before there was a need for his light, there was nothing but a void darkness that was dwelling upon the deep. All of a sudden, he was just waiting out there going, this is what I've been preparing for. This is what, and when God said, let there be light, all of a sudden the light stepped into the darkness and creation began to occur. Stay with me. In the beginning, God said, let there be what? In the Hebrew, though, it's only two words. Two words are used here. Light be. I want you to get this. This is super important. Why? Because some of you are trying to be the light. But we've not been called to be the light. We have been called to be reflections of, what did I share with you out of John 1? That his reflection was a source of light that all men may live by. Not one thing was made without some reflection of himself in its design. You have been called to reflect the light. You have been called to be the light. Not the light that you are, but the light of Jesus Christ shining out of you. Can I tell you? That the darkness has had enough religion, the darkness that has, has had enough man, and it's had enough books written by pastors and people that uh, try to tell them how to be this or how to be that. What the world needs today is an encounter with God as he steps back into the darkness and he lights up this darkened world with a fire of the Holy Spirit that shakes this hour, shakes this day, man. That's what we so desperately need. But the problem is we don't, we don't understand. We don't, we don't even fathom the basicness of light. When, when we even think of light in its, in its basic components, we understand that when he said, let there be light, there were 16 magnitudes of wavelengths that burst into existence. We were only aware of some of the, the, the properties of light. We know that from our sun, as it reflects the light, thermal radiation warms us. Ultraviolet radiation gives us wrinkles. How many are thankful for that? Come on now. But we've only barely begun to experience, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the spirit of the Most High God this morning. Somebody said, what's got in the pastor? I hope a little bit of light. Come on now, amen. Stay with me. I feel it today. I'm trying to preach. Come on, here we go. Let there be light. As we begin to understand that scientists have not understood this, they fought uh, in the 5th century of whether, whether or not the light came out of your eye or, or, or was reflected in your eye. In the 1600s, Newton said that the light was made up of particles. Christian, uh, a scientist, that he proposed that light, that light came in a wavelength. 200 years later, Maxwell began to compare light with math. And then it took it all the way down to a man by the name of Albert Einstein. And he declared a simple formula that he said was the only thing he did in life worth anything was he helped us realize that light is more than a wavelength and more than a particle. It's both particles and wavelengths. In other words, there's a reality that wants to move something into your life. Can you grab the light? No. But does the light do things for you? Did you know that when you are having a a depressed moment, if you look up into the light, not only will it stop you from sneezing, that 
21 seconds of staring into the light produces a chemical effect inside of your body that begins to make you no longer be as depressed as you were because you're staring into a light source. So what that tells me is that I'm surrounded by something that can physically change my world as it moves into my life. I don't know if I'm making sense to anybody today, but if you begin to realize that the light of Jesus is not some concept out there that you might begin to experience when you get to heaven, but there's a wave of the Holy Spirit that wants to bring a, a literal physical change into who you are. Hey, Pastor, how do you know? He said they will see. They will, they what they will, will see. Well, stay with me for just a moment. Because in the middle of the darkness, the light shone. I'm not going to preach too long today, but I feel this in my heart. In the middle of the darkness, the light shone. Matthew 4, 16. Listen to me. I am so tired of people trying to describe how bad things were and how bad and dark things were. And that justifies the, 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 the mistakes of, of people. If you just knew what a dark place I was in, you know why I did it. No, I know that we all go through dark places, but the light has never been overpowered by the darkness. Your problem is you're not running toward the light. Or you're not light B. Preaching truth. Now stay with me just a moment. It's the darkest time in Israel's history when Isaiah prophesied that there, the people who sat in darkness will see a great light. The darkest time. There have been almost 800 years of darkness. A dozen evil kings have sat upon the throne of Israel, and they have caused sin to abound in the land. Suddenly a young king takes the throne. And I love what it says, that he rebelled against the way of the, the, the evil kings around him. And he began to live according to the light. And as he began to live according to the light, how many of you know when you step into the light, the darkness likes to come rushing in? You start taking steps for Jesus in your life, and all hell will try to fight you. But listen to this preacher. The darkness cannot win. And all of a sudden, he's walking in the darkest moment of his life. He's walking toward the wall to look at an army that has surrounded all of Jerusalem. And he knows the end is upon him. And that's when Isaiah said, Oh, the people who live in darkness will see a great light. He's saying, Hold on, the light's coming. I'm not going to tell you to hold on, the light is coming. I'm going to tell you what Matthew declared. Matthew said, and the people who sat in darkness have, have, not will, but have, not will, but have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, those who lived in the land of shadows, a light 
has shown. The light has shined. Listen to me very, very carefully today. I'm not coming to you talking about some future tense hope that maybe someday there'll be light in your darkness. I'm telling you that if you will hear the words echoed from the beginning of time, let there be light. In other words, light be. You don't have to look for dark darkness. It will find you. But the light is already inside of you because when the word came to dwell, he said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock and if you will open unto me, I will come in unto you and I will fellowship with you. When the darkness of this world starts pulling you down and everybody's talking about, about CNN and Fox News and, and they're fighting over, oh, uh, do you believe this or believe that? I don't have to be shaken because there's a light inside of me that shines out in the darkness that causes me to lift up my head and look toward glory because Jesus is coming and the light will be seen by all. I feel it. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my soul today. Because you need to be the light. Do you know the thing that hinders you from being the light the most? Are you ready for this? Dishonesty. You got to get honest with yourself. See, darkness thrives where you're not honest. You got to deal with the truth. This is important. So, so important. I think there's a truth I want to give you here. I mean, I, I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. You got to get honest. Because honest recognition of lingering darkness in our lives makes way for the light. Stay with me. How many of you have ever heard of John Wesley? Founder of the Methodist Church. When John Wesley founded his movement of churches, he required that every member, and don't worry, we don't have sign-ups today. That's not till March. But he required that every member join a small group. And every week they had to meet and ask themselves some honest questions. You ready for this? Because darkness thrives in dishonesty. But the light comes when you get honest. Here's the first question they had to answer weekly. You ready for this? Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I, that I, that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Three services, not one amen at that point. But the reality is, we all have a little hypocrisy in our lives. You're going to make me mine and amen for that? We all struggle in areas we don't want people to know about. We all fight devils that we don't want people to know. We all fight struggles and go through weariness. But guess what? The way I can deal with it is by exposing it to the light, by confessing it so that he can heal it. So are there areas of your life that you consciously or unconsciously have been trying to make, I mean, you've been painting them? You know, have you ever just taped something and said, okay, just let it stay as long as they're here? 
I'll never forget. Christine and I moved in our first home, and we were just, it was all we could do to get in the house. We were broke, and we got in this home, and and there was a door, and she said, baby, we got to cover that door, because anybody can just look in, right in that window, and 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 I said, well, honey, I, I said, I, we're like, you know, we got to make a house payment now. It's our first time. And so I just took and did what any good young newlywed does. I just, I just hung a sheet up on that window. <laughs> Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Just hung a sheet up on that window. She complained about that one day, and I was like, well, how long has that even been there? She said, we've lived here five years. <laughs> And I just, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And when I pulled that sheet off that door, it was the wildest thing. There was a square where the light had ruined the sheet. And you could really probably see through it. And I remember thinking, I kept telling myself I'd get around to fixing this and how dumb that I felt when five minutes later a blind was in place. That probably cost me $5. How many times is that way in our lives? That we know there's some things that God wants to deal with, but we'll get to it, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, and we're not being honest about that. Because you can say you're going to start dieting tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. Someone said, now you, who's the hypocrite? Right? I didn't say I was dieting tomorrow. I was using an example from somebody else's life. I don't believe in dieting. Come on now, Amen. Second question, he made them ask. Do I, do I pray about the money that I spend? I, I get enough looks on that one. I'm just moving on. <laughs> Is there anyone whom I fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold resentment toward or disregard for? Because if I am criticizing someone, I'm letting darkness flow through me. This is truth. If I'm disrespectful to someone, darkness is flowing through me. Well, that's just how I was raised. Well, darkness flew, uh, flowed in your whole family then. Stop it. Turn the light on. Because, and this is what I shared with you earlier, honest recognition of lingering darkness in our lives makes way for the light. There's another way that you can find light and be the light in a darkened world. I love to tell you that our, our world's always rosy and wonderful. But the truth is, sometimes I feel like we have to fight such darkness. And so I've had to live what I'm about to say to you so many times. I don't know how many times I've walked in and felt like the world was on my shoulders and I'm fighting just to stand. And then they'll be worshiping. And it's like the worship begins to rejuvenate who I am. Do you know why? It's because worship causes me to redirect my focus. And when you and I redirect our focus through worship, we begin to reflect the one we're focused on. 
So as long as I'm focused on the darkness, I'm reflecting darkness. But when I stand, when there's no excuse why I'm standing, and I declare the Lord is good, His mercy endures forever. Can I just tell you how good the Lord has been? As we were singing that song, let me tell you, about his faithfulness. Let me tell you about how good he's been. I thought I could tell you story after story after story, but I went back through different, different moments with, with how good God has been as he saved the lives of my children. I, I, I remember being a young father. I was, it was Saturday afternoon. I was a young pastor. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, 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 my wife was broken. My daughter, they just told me that, that she may not live. I had, figure out how to take care of this congregation and I'm, I'm, all of this pressure is on me and the devil is right there and the darkness is going cave but in the middle of that darkness a worship began to stir and I said though he slay me yet will I serve him and something it was like an obliterating light burst out of me and the enemy that had sat down beside me no longer had a room to sit, to be seated near me. The darkness was still real. She was still in the hospital. She was still broken. There were still realities, but there was a light that had shone because of worship. Am I making sense to anybody today? You're facing darkness. I get it. Get honest about where you are. If you've dug the hole, get honest about it. He won't leave you in a darkness that you dug. He won't leave you in a darkness that you didn't dig. He'll deliver you from whatever darkness because when you're an overpowering light, what you're doing is looking for darkness to overpower. God, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be? John 1.1 1, 1. Before time began, the Word already existed. The Word lived face to face with God. The Word was God. The Word was the light. Now when I think about the Word being the light, I look at Psalms 119 and 105, and it says, and I'm going fast, you can find these notes in your version app, but listen to me. Psalms 119 and 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Wait a minute now. The Word was before... The Word was with God. Your Word, and I think we're thinking Word, but but I'm telling you Word. Because instead of me going, okay, what do I need to memorize to force God to have to do what He's supposed to do? And let me just go ahead and tell you, you don't have to force God to do anything. God wants to do everything He's told you He will do. He wants to meet your every need according to His riches and glory. And you don't have to manipulate God to get him to do it. All you have to do is say, God, show me who you are. Because that's going to help me become who I need to be. Because I am created as a reflection of your light. Why don't you stand with me in this place? Give me a good amen. amen. The sermon's now through. Let's pray together. But I want every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. And I want to ask you, 
Are you here today and you say, Pastor, there's a darkness that's been trying to overcome me and I need to, I need to be the light. Well, no, I need the light to be. I need to let God's light shine in me. If that's you, can I see your hand? Would you just hold it up high? Hold hand, hands all over this place. I'm sure there are many that are watching that are responding. There's darkness trying to pull you under. Put those hands down. I just feel like compelled. I need to share this story with you. Last service, a few weeks ago, we prayed a prayer. There was a little lady. I shared this with you in this service that, that they gave her a few days to live, and she came to church. Now, that's been a month and a half ago, and she's still living and still serving and still worshiping. And she came in here and she worshiped last service. She came for two two services. She said, I can tell you how good the Lord's been to me. And she said, but they hospitalized my, my husband last evening. Things aren't good, Pastor. God's still good. See, that's the light in the darkness. The darkness tries to tell you, whoa, whoa, whoa is me. The light says, let me illuminate your darkness. So that you too can say, look how good the Lord has been to me. Father, I pray for every hand that's went up into the air. I thank you for your goodness, your favor, and your mercy. I thank you that every ounce of the darkness that's trying to pull people back, that tells them that their family will be destroyed the way that the generations before were destroyed. Lord, I break that darkness off of them by the authority of Jesus Christ. Father, for everyone who's the sicknesses of this world are telling them we're going to kill you and destroy you. Lord, I thank you that that spirit of fear is broken. It is cast down and we take authority. May the light of Christ penetrate the darkness of those lies. And may the victory of Christ be known by these your children Lord that we are the light but only because we are a reflection of the light of Christ with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment I'd be amiss after 30 years we try to have every service be this way I want to ask you today maybe you're here today and you say pastor I've lived in darkness and I've never allowed the light of Christ to shine upon my life I've never accepted Christ. I didn't embarrass the, the almost 70% of the congregation that raised their hand a minute ago. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if today's the day that you want to say, I want to leave the darkness behind and I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, or you want to rededicate your life because you don't want to found your family in darkness. You don't want to, you don't want to live. You don't want your children raised in the darkness you were living in. You, 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 you want to know Jesus as your Savior right where you are. Nobody looking around. I want to see your hand so I can pray with you. If that's you, thank you, sir. Are there others today? Thank you. Are there others today? Looking around. Thank you. I see that in the balcony. Are there others today? This is your moment. This is your time. This is, this is it. Thank you. Are there others? Oh, I see that hand, young lady. Thank you. Are there others? All right. This is what the Bible says. That if we will make this confession of faith, even if you've prayed it before, we pray it now anew. I go back and do my first works over again, the apostle said. We pray these things together. And as we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, 
and that he is Lord of your life, you will be born again. Let's pray this prayer. Those that are watching, those that are listening, those that are present, let's all lift our voices together and pray this prayer with me today. Jesus, by faith, I declare from this moment on, I leave the darkness behind. I step into the light of your grace and your love. I declare that God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And by the grace of God, Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, is Lord of my life. I will serve you for all eternity. Amen and amen. Now come on, give God a praise like he deserves in this place today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.